right. Well, good morning and welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee. I'm lead pastor here, and it's great to be able to start off our new year together on a beautiful, sunny Sunday morning. Well, not quite, but... It's good to see you guys and your beautiful smiling faces. For those of you who are joining us online, welcome as well. Uh, It's good to be back together. Hopefully you had a nice little break, uh, some time with family and friends and time to enjoy the season uh, and celebrate together. But it is good to start off the year together um, and and be here. Uh, We have a QR code on the screen if you would like to get your phone out and see all the things that are coming up. I'm going to warn you right now, we have a packed January. There's a lot going on in January, so you will want to be able to know what's happening. You can use this. If uh, if you fill out that card that Jason asked you to fill out, you'll even get our, our weekly email to see exactly what's happening, so that's another good thing. We have a lot coming up Um, I'm just going to mention this. You're going to want to be here on the 21st. We have a special Sunday on the 21st. And on the 28th, after service, we're going to have a a family all-in meeting. So if you call Press Church Home, or maybe you're new and you're like, I kind of want to see what these people are about, come on the 28th. We're going to have a short... hopefully 15, 20-minute little catch-up. I want to review how we ended last year, go over some financial stuff, and just let you guys know all the great things that we look forward to doing and how we ended last year. So mark that on your kindness. Really, you shouldn't miss any week. I mean, this series is going to be great. Who, Who needs some help with relationships, right? We can all use some help with relationships. No one raised their hand. I saw some spouses raising the hand of their spouse, but I didn't see... But seriously, lots going on. Make sure that you are up to date and see everything going on with that. If you are somebody that doesn't like this stuff, I will be at the Connect Desk after service and would love to connect with you if you have any questions. Uh, Next, giving. We have a text to give number. We have a link through our QR code. We also have a box by the back exit. I want to encourage you to start off the year generously. Uh, We were able to do some really cool things last year, really bless a lot of people, and it's because of your support that we do this. Uh, Scripture says that God loves a cheerful giver, so let's be generous this year uh, and look for ways that we can support what God is doing. All right, crazy train. As I said, we're going to be working through uh, some crazy indicators that may be in your relationships that are causing havoc, that are causing issues with the relationships that you have. Uh, We were created for relationship. That is something you see all throughout Scripture is community, togetherness, relationships. But I think we can all admit that relationships are not always easy. And I know it's usually the other person's fault, but (laughs) relationships can be hard, right? They can be difficult. Uh, And I think we could all use a little work, uh, a little help in approaching our relationships in a more godly way, in a more healthy way. And so that's what the series is going to be all about. I'm going to encourage you to be here every week uh, and to just be together and learn together. Uh, here at Press Church, pretty much every week, our teaching team gets together and we hop in a car and we talk about the message for the day. So I'm going to have you direct your attention to the screens and watch this video. My New Year's resolution is to not do dad jokes. What? I don't believe what? it. What? No. I've never kept a resolution in my life. Do you really think <laughs> yeah. I'm not able to? Where's the punchline? I thought that was a setup, actually. No. Jason's rewriting the script. That's right. I'm flipping the script on you guys. <laughs> you can't stop me. So relationships, how... 
think uh, I think we could all use some some help on the relationship side. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm assuming no. too much. Uh. You talk about relationships, and it's like, well, who doesn't want relationships to be better? And the first thing that goes on in most people's mind, I think, is we go right to either relationship with spouse or our children yep. or some yes. particular person yep. in our life, yes. you know? Yeah. Yes. And we don't look at ourselves, and we definitely don't look at our relationship between us and God yeah. or how we view God. Put oh, that yeah. That's like... That's secondary. Wait a minute. What does God have to do with my relationship with <laughs> other people? That's a real good question, Jason. <laughs> and I think we're going to talk about that. Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So here's the thing. Yeah. Because what we're really going to dig into is our relationship between us and God, how we view God, but then also how that impacts other what, people, yeah, right? Yeah. Or, or our relationship with other people. And... All this stuff, we don't realize the expectations that we have in yeah. any relationship. That yeah. means between us and others or us and God. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff is typically established in our childhood, right? right. Because if, however we view God, it, it's actually rooted in how we had a relationship with our parents, particularly mm-hmm. yeah. like yeah. our father, right? So if we, if we didn't have a loving relationship with our father or we felt there was conditional mm-hmm. uh, love, that type of thing, we're going to view yeah, God that way. Make it hard. Yeah. yeah. And so we have to understand that we're actually walking through life with these lenses on where mm-hmm. we relate with other people and particularly God right. out of this wounding from our childhood. Yeah. And so when, let's say, we, we, we think that uh, God won't love us if we don't behave a certain way, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Or that, he's waiting to punish us, to catch us doing something wrong, to, yes. to punish us, mm-hmm. that then... That, that feel that you have maybe with your parents growing up becomes the way that you relate to God. Yes. And then it also yeah. translates into how we relate with other people, exactly. right? And so we walk through life with these expectations that we don't even acknowledge that right. it exists. In, yeah, in they our, haven't been addressed. Yeah. And yeah. so, we, you know, like in premarital counseling and things like that, mm-hmm. you, you, we've talked about people enter into relationships and they don't realize, well... I'm going to expect that we do Christmas because this is the way I always did Christmas yes. when I was a we, kid. We, that's just how we do it. Right. Yeah, that's how right. everybody does it, isn't it? Right. Because that's how I do it. Yeah. And those same things exist in every way that you practice life, right? I mean, how you do the cereal box or put it on the toilet paper or whatever right, the situation right, right, right. is. And, yeah. and it also goes much more deep deeply into how we relate with each other and our expectations out of our connection with other people, right? Right. Right. Well, the, the problem is discovering what those expectations really are. Like that, that takes time. That takes being quiet, turning off the TV and all the inputs to yes. think. And, to, and we just don't do that. You, you're right. Usually right, right. we're just mad at God because he didn't do this or he didn't show up or right. this bad thing right. happened. I think it's it works in reverse too though. It's because there's this just, assumption <laughs> that like, oh, we have these expectations on God and then we get upset. And sometimes uh, we, they're actually non-expectations. Like we, we don't mm, really we expect... assume he won't show up. Yeah, he's not going to show up. He's yeah. not there. He's not going to do his thing. You know? Yeah. In, in yeah. fact, a lot of the whole atheist concept is uh, emotional objections to God, right? Yeah. The, yep. the, and we could delve into that, and that's a whole other pathway. But yep. the reality is, is a lot of times, it, it's still an expectation, yeah. but but it becomes this uh, non-engagement yep. expectation. Mm-hmm. And we don't stop long enough to even think about that, and then then start thinking about now how does that impact the way I interact with God? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, how do I relate to God? How do I understand and 
and then all of a sudden we're lost, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, we're, and we're mad at God, and we think we know why, mm. but we don't realize, well, maybe there's more to this. Right. right. Well, even to um, take it to the complete other side, to a positive thing, all, you know, the reason I am rich is because God blessed me, or because I did something right. Right. Yeah. And so... It's, well, I'm it's, a good person. It's yeah. like confirmation bias where yeah. it's like I I got the thing that I thought God was going to give me, and so now it's true. But it's like, well, is that true for everybody? Like, no, is that, and that isn't like, how what? God works. But, <laughs> but yet these are these false expectations that we we live in, uh, and it, it affects our relationship with God, which infects every other relationship that we have in our lives, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So as I said, we're going to be working through some crazy indicators, and these are indicators that uh, contribute to an unhealthy relationship. Um, these may be warning signs that we look out for others uh, in our relationships, but oftentimes it's actually us. I know, we can be wrong. It's actually us who are the ones uh, who are doing it. And so we have blind spots, and we miss how our actions are actually hindering uh, the relationships that we care the most about. And so today we're going to be working through this. We're going to be working through unexamined expectations. Unexamined expectations. And the truth is, we all have expectations. Uh, you, can't, you can't go into a relationship and not have expectations. I was just, uh, in, in preparation for this, Bethany and I were talking on Thursday night, and, and I was like, what are our expectations of each other? Like, and, and she goes, well, I don't think we should have expectations. And I'm like, that's impossible. It's, it's impossible. She's like, well, then you can't, you can't be hurt if you don't have it. It's like, well, yeah, but that's just like a defense mechanism. That's not actually, there's not truth in it. You can say you want to do that. But in reality, you have expectations of the relationships that you are in. Uh, we can't help it. It's when they're left unexamined that they're then able to wreak havoc on the relationships. I mean, think about it this way. If we haven't ourselves identified and, and thought about the expectations that we put on these relationships, how do we expect the other person to deal with that? How do we expect the other person to, to know or even fulfill said expectation if we can't even address those ourselves? Um, and here's the thing, not, not all expectations are unhealthy or wrong. There's actually some expectations that are, 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 should be in a healthy relationship. But this is all about working through the the unidentified expectations. And I think if, if, if we haven't put the time in working through them, then we will continue to be left unsatisfied and, and frustrated in our relationships. And oftentimes they leave us hurt. I, I came across uh, this phrase that says, expectations are premeditated resentments. I was like, wow, that's a little extreme. But there's truth in that, right? We're, we're awaiting that, that element of someone's going to let me down. Someone's going to do the, the opposite. I think that uh, usually we, we don't think about the way that our expectations are actually impacting our relationship. If we think about this, um, let's say that you expect your friend to let you down. You go into a friendship and you say, well, I've been let down before. They're going to let me down. So here's what's going to happen. Trust is always going to be an issue. You'll be very guarded. And you will also fail to see how that person has been trustworthy. So just because of that lens you put on that, saying they're going to hurt me, you are always going to be looking at that person, waiting for them to do that. 
you're going to be waiting for them to mess up. And then when they do, again, you're, you're confirming your bias of that relationship. Oh, I knew it. I knew you were going to let me down. Missing all of the other ways that person maybe has blessed your life or been a good friend to you, but because you had that expectation, you, you're, you're working through that. If I expect my spouse to fulfill every part of me, I'll only see where they fall short. I'll only be focused on what I get instead of what I give. And I'll also be looking to an individual to give me something that they were never meant to give me. Your friends, your spouses, your significant others were never meant to fulfill every part of you. We have to examine our expectations. I'm going to be breaking this week actually into two sections in two weeks. And this first week, we're really going to be focusing on expectations of God. Because I believe this, how we approach our spiritual health directly impacts every other relationship. If we don't think about this relationship first, we, we will not set ourselves up well for these relationships. Because we, we addressed earlier, these relationships are hard. They, they are very difficult. And most of us, if we're honest, we are carrying around ideas of God that do not actually line up with what Scripture says. And I think for a lot of us, our expectations of God are a lot more like superstitions. You know, if, if we mention this in view, if I'm good, I'll get good, right? If, if I'm good for God, he's going he's gonna to bless me. We like to use the word bless. He's going to bless me if I'm good. And then if I'm bad, we're, we're kind of looking over our shoulder like, did he see that? I don't know about you, like... I, I've had times where something bad in my life happened, and I started thinking through the week before, like, oh, man, where did I sin? What did I do wrong the week before? Like, I'm trying to make this equation, like, I do something bad, I get something bad. And so we may not outright say that, like, well, if I'm good, God will give me good. But I think deep down, that is something that, that we think about. If something bad happens, I'm like, oh, I was cutting that person off and, you know, saying some words I shouldn't have and... No one's ever done that, right? I, I haven't. But we think about that. What did I do to earn this lot in life? And we can get really good at, I would say, looking at Scripture over simplistically, and we can use it to confirm and or reassure untrue expectations of God. Um, you guys are familiar with this verse, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do everything. This is your motivational speech for the day. You can do anything through Christ. You can do it. All right, we're done. Let's go. Let's go take, take on the world. You can do it all. We've joked about this before. I can do anything through a verse taken out of context. I'm actually not a fan of, of this translation but I, I did this on purpose. I want you now to look at this verse in the NIV. So that was New King James. This is the NIV. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Well, now we have a question. What is this? I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Well, it's funny you ask. I think Scripture says something about this. Let's look at Philippians 4, starting in verse 10. This is Paul 
speaking. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. In every circumstance that I am in, I can be content. That doesn't sell as well, though, right? I want the everything. And him talking about being in need, ah, that doesn't doesn't sound very fun. No, that couldn't be right. So, So God could still love me and care for me when I'm in need? I can be perfectly in God's will and still have need financially? I can be perfectly in God's will and be rich? I could be perfectly in God's will and still be hungry or in want through him who gives me strength. If we have built our expectations on how God is supposed to care for us, we may be left with resentment or anger towards God that is misdirected. Whatever your lot, right? Whatever place that Paul was in, he knew that he could get through it. That God was with him, that God was for him. I can do this because God gives me the strength. Not because I worked really hard to make sure I had enough in my bank account to not feel that that stress. I know God is for me. I want to share a little story uh, from the book of Jeremiah. And the reason I'm choosing this story is because it, it kind of interacts with uh, the other one that, that we just talked about in Philippians, this maybe oversimplified passage. And it goes like this, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And we all say, Amen. Yeah, I want that, right? You want that, I want that. But again, in order to see the big picture and really understand the heart of God, we, we need to know more. This looks great on a coffee mug, on a bumper sticker, on, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with being encouraged in a day, but, but even understanding what's going on here. Jeremiah was an Israelite priest, and he was, called to, he was called to be a prophet. God called him to be a prophet to the Israelites. And in those times, prophets were used basically as God's voice to the people. And so Jeremiah was called to be a voice to the people. And it wasn't necessarily a calling of good. It was a, a calling of warning. He was basically called, he was warning Israel not to break their covenant with God. Stick to the covenant. Stick to the plans that God has. Do what he has, has commanded us to do. Live this life. And he even predicted their exile. He predicted that Babylon would bring judgment to the Israelites and that they would be the ones that bring them into captivity, into exile. How would you like to be Jeremiah? 
hey, I got some bad news for you. If you don't do this, uh, it's not going to look too good. And then he was there to see it. Jeremiah lived through the siege. He lived through the destruction of Jerusalem. And he was there. He was witness to the exile to Babylon. This exile is the setting of the letter where that verse comes from. You have a people who are in exile. A people who have been warned about this exile, who are now in exile. They've been uprooted. They've lost everything. And it's in this environment where we see this verse. So I'd like to read, starting in verse 4, Jeremiah 29, chapter 4. It says, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens, eat the food they produce, marry and have children, then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for it is welfare, for its welfare will determine your welfare. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. And this is a direct response. If you go to the chapter before, you will see a guy, a prophet by the name of Hananiah, who actually gives, tries to give a prophetic uh, telling to the people of, you're only going to be here for two more years. He gets, he gets with all the prophets and people say, two more years, and God is going to come. He's going he's to break this, and you're going to leave, and we're going to be out of exile. Two more years. And it's interesting here that Jeremiah is confronting even that, even a, a prophet of the Lord who wants to do good, wants to encourage, but is not telling truth. He says, do not listen to their dreams. Because they are telling you lies. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. 70 years. There's people listening to this that will not get to see the end of exile. Many. 70 years. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. Gives you a little more of an idea of what that scripture is talking about. It's not necessarily this, this simplistic, oh, God's going to prosper you all the time. No, God had a plan. They broke their covenant. But even in spite, in spite of them breaking the covenant, God still had a plan for them. Saying, you know what? You're not going to get in the way of my ultimate plan. You breaking your covenant, you going against my word, 
I still have a plan, and it's a plan for good. As much as you're trying to screw that up, I still have a plan for good. It's not tomorrow. It's not going to be the day after. Seventy years. But here's what I love about this, though. The the simplicity of, he's basically telling them, live. Yes, you are in exile. You You are in a place you don't want to be. Live your life. Have children, have families, grow gardens. Bless the area that you are in. Bless the space that you are in. I don't know about you, sometimes I feel like we are in Babylon. How are we living this out? If we were, if we were to maybe take away, we'd like the prosper verse, what about the, the command of, hey, live your life, do good. Bless those around you, it will be good for you. Instead of looking around and saying, God, what are you doing? Why aren't you fixing this? Why isn't this fixed yet? I don't like this. What if we took a step back and say, where's God moving? What does he want us to do? How, how should we be the ones that bless the area around us when they're going against the word of God or when they're going against things of God? This is Babylon. They don't care about your beliefs. Do good. Bless them. We will not always know how God is working or what he is doing. And so the question is, what is our response? What is our expectations of God in these moments? I loved, I came across this quote by Eugene Peterson. You may be familiar with him. Great books. He says this, Jesus does not always meet our expectations, does not always give what we ask for or what we think we need. When he doesn't, we feel let down deflated, disappointed, or we surf to another channel on the TV or we try to find out or try out another church that will hopefully give us what we ask for. Healthy relationships starts with a healthy view of God, an understanding of who he has called us to be. We talk about identity all the time here at Press Church, finding your identity in Christ. We must be rooted in him. When our expectations of God are rooted only in him giving me what I think is good, then we will approach our earthly relationships only as means for us to be happy and comfortable. I'm going to say that again. When our expectations of God are only rooted in him giving me what I think is good, we'll approach our earthly relationships similar only as means for us to be happy and comfortable. Next week, we're going to be diving into expectations of others and how we have unexamined expectations of each other and how those are causing friction in our relationships. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. I have three really easy steps. They're going to be really surprising to you of what they are. Get ready to write these down. How do we grow in this? How do we grow in our expectations of God? First, Read the Bible. I know you guys are blown. Your minds are like, where did this pastor come from? <laughs> it's amazing. I don't, know, I don't know if you realize this. We're starting a new year. Uh, there are a lot of Bible apps that have, like, read the New Testament in a year. Or read the Bible in a year. I would say, find a chunk that's good for you and get on a reading plan. It's, it's like, automated. I have... I have uh, reminders. Every night, I get a reminder. 
My phone dings. You can set, it's amazing, right? You have no excuse. I, I, I set it to a time that my kids are usually asleep, and I, I usually have availability, okay? Set, it, set a reminder when you usually have more space, and be like, oh, wow, I can spend 10 minutes reading the Bible today. And then you can, you can actually read through Scripture. That's a great way. And here's the other thing, too. You're going to have to wrestle through it. You're going to read stuff that maybe doesn't make sense to you. You're going to read something that you're like, I don't, I don't know what that means. That's good. That gives you room for growth. That gives you room for conversation. If you're in a life group, you can bring that to your life group and have some really cool conversations. You can call or text or come to the church and talk to one of the pastors. That's good. That's growth. And that helps us build healthy expectations of God. The second thing, again, make church a priority. I don't write these messages just to feel good about myself. Like, I think it's good for us to remind ourselves who God is. It's good for us to be encouraged. It's good for us to be equipped in our faith. Your presence matters. What you give time, money, and energy to informs what you worship. Okay? What you give time, money, and energy to informs what you worship. What are you making time for? Are you making time for God to speak to you? Come to service expectantly. Don't come waiting for me to say something stupid or mess up something biblically. It's probably going to happen. I am a human being. Come wanting to hear from God. Come expectant. And the last is this. Go to God with your expectations. Pray. Talk to him. He can handle it. You might be in a, a time right now where you're mad at God. Tell him. Tell him why you're mad. He can handle it. You may have a question. Go to him. Allow him to work in your hearts. I, I know this for me. I don't want unhealthy expectations to get in the way of my relationships. And I think we'd all say that. I think we, we truly desire to see, one, our relationship with God healthy and our relationship with others healthy. Our relationships are thriving we are better equipped and better able to live out the mission that we have. We're better able to fulfill what he has called us to do because we're not at each other's throats. We're not griping. If you look through scripture, so much is about unity. We can't have unity if we don't know how to have relationships with each other. So I'm going to invite you back next week. Yes, we have Sunday service every week. And you guys were here on time today. Look at this. It's like two services in a row. You guys were early for Christmas Eve. You guys were here. That's good. Come on. Yeah, give yourselves a round. Like, starting off the year off right. I like it. It's good. It's good. You guys like to laugh at me. It's the little things, guys. It's the little things. Be here next week. Let's continue to learn. Let's continue to grow Let's give our faith and our relationship with God our energy and our time and our focus. If you did not get the elements, maybe you're watching online, we are going to be taking communion together. We'd like to start off the year taking communion together. And so if you are at home, grab yourself some, something to take. If you don't, does anybody need, if anybody needs elements, they can raise your hand. We have some that we can give. I think it's, it's a blessing to be together. 
it's a blessing to, to, to do this. And it's also a blessing to know that uh, around the world, there's others who are celebrating this as well. People who are putting their faith in Jesus, declaring who he is. And this is for us a reminder of, of who God is. It's a reminder of what God has done for us. Jesus dying on the cross for us. Christmas Eve, we talked about God's love for us, emptying himself to become a, a baby, and then ultimately death on a cross for us. And so today I'm gonna invite you to take the elements with us. The night that Jesus was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread and he, he broke it. And he said to his disciples, he said, this is my body which has been broken for you. And so today as we take the bread, let's remember his sacrifice. Let's take together. And then later that evening, he had a glass of wine. And he said, this is my blood which has been shed for you. So let's, let's remember, let's celebrate what this means together, understanding that we are unified because of this, of his love for us, so much so to death on a cross. Let's drink it be thankful. God, we thank you for a new year. We thank you for what you did last year, the ways that you used us, the ways that you worked through us, the blessings that you gave us, God. We thank you for the lives that have been changed. And God, we look forward to this year and, and for what you are going to do and how you're going to use us. I pray that together that we can, we can see what you are doing, that we can, we can join together to make a difference in our community, God that we can be that difference that you have called us to be. God, I, I, I pray a blessing, uh, I pray protection over our relationships today. That, that I know that, that Satan wants nothing more than our relationships to be broken. And God, I just, I just pray protection. I pray for wisdom for us as we go from today that, that you will give us grace and that we will extend that grace as well. And God, that we will live out the command that you have given us to love others, to love you. I pray you give us the strength to do that, God. We love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. I'm gonna invite you to stand and join us as we continue time of worship.